Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have a three questions I want to dive into. But first, before I get into that, I just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. First, if you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle. With my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods, we look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we find outside of the training and nutrition protocol that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. I recently hit on this in a social media piece uh, on the five pillars of body recomp. And what I talk about there is the mindset side of things and the lifestyle, right? So usually there's a few things within those that are off um, that we figure out that need to be worked on. If you aren't interested in full code, so if you are interested in this, you can find the link in the show notes, or you can reach out to me on Instagram and we can uh, chat about this in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. If you want to learn more about Body Recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on Body Recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, uh, if you do not follow me on Instagram, give me a follow, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media, and you can reach out to me with any questions you may have. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review, and that will help more people find uh, this podcast. Let's dive into the question. So first, before I go into that, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see that it looks like I got punched in the face. It's actually a hockey injury. I did not get into a bar fight or get into a fight at hockey. One of my teammates actually ran into me in his cage, hit my face, and it doesn't really hurt. It hurts to touch, but just looks like I got into a fight. So if you're noticing this, you're watching on YouTube, you're like, man, what the hell happened? That is what happened. If you're listening, it doesn't really matter. You can't tell anyways. Yeah. Anyways, just wanted to dive into that first. So let's dive into today's question. So the first I have is, can I start with upper body on my lower body days? And 100% you can do this, right? So that may sound confusing to some people here is, okay, well, wait, it's a lower body day. Why would I do upper body on that day? If you have some upper body Let's say you do have a split where you do have a little bit of upper body programmed into your lower body days. You can absolutely start with upper if that's a priority, okay? So again, if the upper body is a priority for you, then I would 100% whatever extra volume you have to throw in on those lower body days, you can start with first. For example, like how this would happen, um, it's usually going to be in like a three-day split or a four-day split, but in in a four-day split, I'll typically do upper lower uh, for clients, okay? So it's, hey, we're going to have one day that's going to be more upper. We're going to have a second day that's going to be more lower. On that upper body or, or on that lower body day, there's usually some upper body that gets programmed in. And this typically ends up being like delts or biceps. Again, it could be other muscle groups, but those are the two most common. If either of those are like a priority for you that you want to grow uh, more so than your legs, then you could definitely do those first to start your workout, right? Um, now, if your legs are a priority, then you should train those first in your training session, okay? Again, it's really going to come down to what what you want to prioritize. So again, I have some people that like for me, for example, if I were to program for myself, uh, I would definitely prioritize the upper body on those lower body days. Again, the big chunk of the workout is going to be lower body, but the first exercise I'm going to do is going to be upper body. 
And so I want to hit on, but so that's, again, that's one way that you can prioritize muscle group. I had a, a deep dive into this with Brian Borstein on how you can prioritize a muscle group. And one of them is, Hey, train it first in, in a session, right? So this goes for anything, even if it's like, Hey, you have lower body and you want to grow your calves, you could do your calves first, right? That could be the first thing that you uh, do in that session. If you want to prioritize them, because there's that. Just when people program, it's, oh, you have to do your back squats first. You have to do this first. You have to do your heavy lifts first. And again, I think that's generally a good rule of thumb, especially, but from a muscle building standpoint, you have a lot of flexibility here and you don't necessarily have to do it that way. You could do whatever you want to prioritize. So I just wanted to hit on, there's no magic to the exact training split you do for muscle growth. Okay. So if it's people always ask what's better push, pull legs or like upper, lower or full body. And it's, there's really no magic to it. Basically what you want to get from a training split is that you want it to allow you to do enough high quality work for the target muscles and recover from that. So you can push whatever muscle groups you're training for that day, which allows you to progress them over time. So that's the, the biggest thing. I think a poor program would be you train a muscle group and you do it so much that then it's sore every time you train it and then you aren't able to progress it over time. Like that's a training split. That's not program properly. Now what these like push, pull legs, upper, lower splits can do is they give you a good foundation to be able to like it gives you a good foundation to work from. And then you can go from there. But I think a lot of people ask, should I do chest with biceps? Should I do chest with back? And so it doesn't really matter. Whatever allows you to do enough high quality work for that target muscle. And again, those certain splits can help you get a foundation. And then from there you can avoid it or avoid it. You can change it and mold it to whatever you want there. So really like my kind of like rule of thumb when I program for clients is and get a good foundation is we want to make sure we hit each muscle group two times per week, about five to 12 sets per week per muscle group. And then we want to make sure we train that muscle group zero to three reps in, in reserve most of the time, right? That's a good foundation to work from. And then from there, you can, you can look over your program, make sure that happens. And if that does happen, boom, you're good to go, right? From there, see how you're recovering and progressing and adjust over time. I think my big takeaway with this was don't constrain yourself to oh, you have to train this with that. You have to do this and that. Like we don't have to train within this box. Like you can get out of it. And, and again, the, the, those are the main principles there that we want to have with programming. So hopefully that was helpful there. So next question is three days ago, I'd like press 50 pounds each side for nine reps, but today I can only get 25 pounds by six is regression is something like this normal. So I definitely wouldn't say it's normal, right? I think it might be better to ask yourself some questions first before we do that, because ideally you wouldn't see performance decrements when training to build muscle, right? Again, maybe every once in a while it's going to happen. But again, I think a big drop like that, is it normal? Is it good, bad? You have to, I think you need to ask yourself these questions first before we, before we decide if, if it's good or bad, or is it normal? But because it definitely is not normal. Like over time, you do not want to be decreased, decreasing weight or, or performance, right? That's not a good sign. That means there's something going on, whether uh, you're under recovered, uh, it's a poor training split, which could go into under recovery. Maybe you're like, those are a few things that kind of pop in my head, but these are some questions that I would ask you the, the questions that came to mind when I saw this question come across, was your technique any different this time compared to last? Did you maybe cheat a little bit the last time? And this time it was like a more full range of motion. If so, that's going to make a big difference in the weight that you can use, even if it's just a little bit of a difference there. Double check your technique. This is why standardization of technique is, is super important. Now, again, it doesn't have to be the exact same rep every single time, but we don't want to have large variations from one, one rep to the next, one set to the next, one, one day to the next. Was it the same exact machine? Again, people think, oh, leg press, it's a leg press. So no matter what, the, the weight's going to be the same no matter what machine I do. And that's not the case. Each machine's a little bit different, built a little bit differently, and there's going to be a, a change. You can't compare it like apple to apple. It's it's going to be a little bit different from each machine. So again, this is where the, the 
we want to work through a, a full range of motion or whatever range of motion you're trying to do. And again, we want to follow that RAR there from that standpoint. But even us, even if it is a leg press machine, a, a different one is going to be different. Now, if it's the same exact model, the same company, okay, then that obviously is not going to apply. But if it's a different model, it's a different company, there, there's probably going to be a difference there. And, and you can't compare what you did there with what you did to another one. I see this a lot with cable stuff as well, too. Somebody will do a lap pull down on one machine, they go to another machine, they're like, why was this one so much heavier? Did I get weaker? No, it's just a different machine. Uh, another question I want to ask, are you on a structured program or are you just randomly going in and training your legs and then just like hitting whatever you can hit that day? If that's the case, it could just be those muscles weren't recovered. Did you train different muscle groups the last couple of days that affected your fatigue then? Did you train more days the past week? These are all things that, again, I would look at there on that. If you're not on a structured program, that could certainly be impacting your performance. And, and it could be where one day you do 50 pounds and then the next time you go in, you can only get 25. How was your sleep the night before or days before? If that's off, again, that's going to impact your training. People underestimate the impact of, of sleep. Now, if you have one bad night of sleep, you don't have to be like, oh, this is going to ruin everything I'm doing. But if you you know, have three, four bad nights of sleep in a row and it came after you did 50 pounds, hey, that's a sign that you're just under-recovered at that standpoint. Were you under any extra stress the past few days? Again, people underestimate the impact of stress on how they can perform in their training sessions. Did you, are you going through a breakup? Did you are going through a job change? Are you going, are you moving? Like anything like th that is a big life change like that and, and whatnot, like that could be something that impacts your performance. Even if you had like a big fight with somebody, like that's something that can definitely impact your training performance, right? Maybe you heard some news that wasn't great. These are all things that, again, people try to separate like life from training and it all falls under the same bucket. And again, if you have extra stress coming from somewhere else, that is going to impact your recovery. Were your legs sore coming in? Come, were your legs sore coming into the training session? Again, if that's the case, you might be under-recovered. So look at that. What has your nutrition been like the last few days? Again, if that's off, you're maybe eating a lot less or maybe you're not getting enough quality food in or just a lot more junk food or something that could definitely impact your training, right? So these are all things that I would, if you were a client, I would ask you and, and see, I guarantee you one of these, something from here is off. If not, maybe you just need a deload week, right? Again, that's going to be dependent on what's been going on. Uh, I think all these things are going to impact if you need a deload or not. Just some things to get you thinking in terms of, oh, you know what? Actually, I did use a different machine. There you go. That's your issue. Or you know what? I actually really didn't get good sleep. I believe the person asking this is in school. So did you have to do a lot more studying? Did something go on there with them? These are all things that would impact it. And so I think it's better to, anytime a client or somebody comes to me with these questions, it's got to be like, or yeah, with these questions, I want to ask back certain questions because that's what's going to be. Cause right. Cause it's just, if you just ask me this question of, I like press 50 pounds and then for nine reps today, I got 25 by six. Is that normal? No, that's not normal. So again, we're going to dive into that and see what is, could potentially be off there on it. So hopefully that was helpful. And that gives you some insight into training overall and, and some things you might ask yourself if you find that your performance was down in, in a certain lift. And, here, and here's another one too. What was the, this one just came to me. What was the exercise order? Did you do leg press first? The, the one time and then you did it third or fourth, that's going to impact your, what you can do as well too, right? People don't realize how much the training, the order that you do it is going to impact it. Sometimes clients will be like doing their training and uh, having in a certain order and like maybe machines not available and then they had to go out of order. So then they're like, Hey, I was super weak on this today. So you did three exercises before it versus when you normally do it fresh, that's going to impact what you can do in that. So again, another thing to look at there that just came to my head um, on that. I'm glad I, I, glad I thought of that. So hopefully that answers your question. Let me know if you have any follow-ups on that. And then lastly, I thought this was a fun one here. It was does strength training programming differ from bodybuilding versus lifestyle goals? And 
it really it's going to come down to what the the goal is right of the person but typically in these situations people that if they have a lifestyle goal they want to look better and then you have bodybuilding again they want to look better they want to build muscle and again in in from the lifestyle standpoint in order to look better we know we need to add some muscle so if you take it from that kind of like that that frame training should not be very different right so how you go about strength training program will really be the same if your goal is to improve your body composition build and or maintain muscle which again is the goal of both of these people right now obviously if a lifestyle client's like oh hey i want to you know be able to run a marathon or something like that if it's just again a completely different goal or somebody wants to do powerlifting then the, the strength training is going to be a little bit different but again, if the goal is to improve your body composition, the, the strength training should not be like massively different. Like you shouldn't train like this person shouldn't train that like the lifestyle person shouldn't train this way. And then the bodybuilding person trains that way. For example, here on it, what are some things that we're going to be looking for in both of these? You, you still want to stay injury free, right? So we need to find a way of training that's going to keep you from injuring yourself, right? Because again, we know that in order to build muscle, you need to do this consistently over time. So again, staying injury-free is important. So finding a way of training that, that does that, right? We want to make sure you're consistent with training. So there needs to be this like, uh, again, hey, here's what the principles are of building muscle, but we also need to mold it to that client. So again, if you take, take it from the lifestyle and the bodybuilder, from an injury-free standpoint, we have to look at recovery, right? In, in that, in terms of, okay, how does that person recover? So again, this is going to come from feedback from the client and, and how they respond to training. And then we want to make sure no matter what we use progressive overload, okay? So we want to make sure we find ways of training that allow for all the things above. And those that's what's going to build muscle. And that's in that sense, it's the same. It's not going to differ. A bodybuilder doesn't necessarily need to do more high volume stuff. A bodybuilder doesn't need to do like more intense work or vice versa with a lifestyle client. What what I will say on this is some variables are probably going to be a little bit different, okay? And this is going to be based on the client's goals and their response to training. So like some variables that could be a little bit different. One person might do a little bit more sets than another person. The rep ranges might be slightly different, right? Uh, again, with the sets, maybe we find that so-and-so does a little bit better with that amount of sets. Maybe they have better recovery so they can do more sets. Um, again, rep ranges, how does their body respond? How uh, What rep ranges does the person like to work in? Um, frequency, again, the frequency of how often you train a muscle group or how often you train in general. Again, a bodybuilder where things may start to go veer off a little bit as a bodybuilder. They are super into their training. Maybe it's a professional bodybuilder. So they that's like what they do for their living. So they're going to be able to train more. They're going to be able to focus more on recovery so they can train a little bit more because their recovery is better. And, and just from a time standpoint, right? You take a lifestyle client that has uh, a full-time job, uh, family, other life responsibilities. It's not feasible to have them train six times a week. They might have to train three to four times a week. So that's where things might start to get a little bit different. It's going to come down to the, the time and the commitment to it uh, there with that. So like I said, a client who competes may be willing to push and dedicate a bit more in and out of the gym compared to the lifestyle client. But that's not always the case either. Maybe the bodybuilder, it's not a professional, it's an amateur bodybuilder, and they have a full-time job as well too that they have to to and a family to raise. And that's where the differences come in. And then you have the lifestyle client that maybe they have a part-time job, they they have the freedom to not really work as much. Maybe they are single. Like that person's gonna be able to dedicate more time, but they don't necessarily want to compete and step on stage there on that. So you can start to see where there's really not that big of a difference in terms of how we go about training. It's all going to come down to the time commitment and and whatnot. And then also the lifestyle client may just have better genetics. And like I said, more time to dedicate than the competitor. So their training may be slightly different. So that's going to be the determining factor, but there shouldn't be this like, oh, hey, this bodybuilder, it's he's a bodybuilder. So he needs to train different. Now, again, we're trying to, when we're trying to improve our body composition, we want to, the training, the weight training is going to stay the same because the goal is to build and maintain muscle. And that's done the same no matter what you're, if you're a bodybuilder or not.
where things really start to get different is going to come down to between a bodybuilder and a lifestyle is again, it ultimately is going to come down to what your goal is, right? Because again, even with the training, it's, Hey, how far do you want to go? That's again, your time commitment and your, and what you want to put into it, whether you're a bodybuilder or not. Same thing with the nutrition, right? Like the only difference would be like the lifestyle client. They don't have this end goal of they need to step on stage and, and have a certain look. There isn't this certain look that you have to shoot for. So that gives you some choice in terms of how deep you want to push the fat loss phase. You know, you just have more choice around how far you want to push it, right? Once you start showing some diet fatigue, you have that option to be like, hey, you know what? I don't want to push this any further. I'm good to go. Whereas a bodybuilder, you have this look you need to go for, you have a time you need to have it done by, which again, you ultimately have the choice to do that or not, but say you're like, Hey, I am doing this. That's where you have to push a little bit further. Hey, you want to step on stage. You want to do well, you want to win. Here's what you need to do that. And you're going to have to push through things more than the lifestyle client would have to. So hopefully that makes, that makes sense there. What I'm trying to say, but again, I think where things go different is where things start to veer off a little bit more. It's just the extremes that you have to go from a nutrition diet standpoint and just movement standpoint, because yeah, that's where it's again, like a a bodybuilder getting ready for a prep or for a a show, like the training should not be different. If they are training differently because they're in a prep, like they're not, it's not the most sound way to to do it. Right. The biggest thing that needs to change between, Hey, you're getting ready for a prep versus not being in a prep is Hey, in prep, we're really going to have to focus on recovery, make sure you're feeling good there. Uh, and just training's going to be tougher, but you really just have to do what you can to maintain as much muscle as possible. And then again, where it really starts to differ is when you're in prep, you're just, it's how far do you, you're just going to have to push it further and you're going to have to most likely go to a little bit more extreme than the lifestyle client. So that's really the main difference, right? Uh, other than that, it's the same process. Periods of time where you're focused on adding muscle, that's going to require you to be at maintenance or higher. You push that, you obviously maintain your health. So you want to get some movement during that period of time. And then when you go to a fat loss phase, you still weight train, you just train might just be a little bit tougher. And from a nutrition standpoint and movement standpoint, you might increase your movement a little bit more. And then from a nutrition standpoint, you're just going to make sure you're in a, in a deficit, right? Uh, making sure that weight's trending down over time, uh, making sure you have uh, enough protein. And that's really the only difference. Again, if there's some, if somebody is touting some magical way to prep from a training standpoint, they are not, it's not based on anything. It's just what they've seen. And, and that the thought of that, oh, this is what I need to do. My workouts need to be more intense because I'm in prep. And, oh, I got to grind. That's ultimately what it comes down to. So hopefully that makes sense. I thought this was a great question because I could see where people get confused of, oh, bodybuilders training needs to be so much more extreme. And that's not the, the, the case. I think the big extreme comes down to how far they push the diet. So if you have any questions on this, let me know, but that's it for today's episode. I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at JeffH91 underscore or visit JHHealth.net. See you next time.